Well, good afternoon, everybody. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast, episode 128. And I have the lovely Ella Staniak here with me. Ella, how are you? I'm really well. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for joining me on this Wednesday afternoon. Now, for everybody out there, topic of today's show is you are the one and only CEO of your life. And Ella's going to be chatting to us all about what that means to her and how she helps other people achieve that dream. So everybody that's wondering who Ella is and what she does, Ella Staniak is the founder of Feminine Leaders. She's a diversity and inclusion advocate and a keynote speaker. She helps female CEOs, execs and business owners create high caliber teams and accelerate personal performance through her seven-step self-leadership system. Her business has ranked in the top eight of women's leadership businesses in New South Wales and ACT. So Ella, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait for this. I know that we're going to have a fireworks conversation. Oh yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can tell already. <laughs> so Ella, before we start, I'd love to know about your journey. Tell everybody who's listening and who's watching who Ella is, where she came from, and how did you become this, you know, this spokesperson for feminine leaders? Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind introduction. And I would love to. Look, today I am female leaders, leadership and performance coach and feminine leaders is actually a fairly new addition to my business slash entrepreneurship project. I actually rebranded this year. Okay, really? However, yeah. However, I have been in space of empowering women for the last nearly 11 years since wow. I moved to Australia. I just continue changing vehicles how I do it. So mm -hmm. for the first 10 years, I was um, in fitness space, you know, climbing the ladder, running my own businesses. Yeah. I worked a little bit in management and leadership. Um, I definitely had a such passion for fitness and just really figuring out that mind and body connection. Yeah. And eventually in my mid twenties, I also developed a passion for business. So I uh, became that course junkie, that person, the course junkie, yeah. <laughs> just um, do so many personal development programs, workshops, but anything really business related. And mm. I'm, I still have that obsession. Yeah, so you listen to a lot of podcasts, you read a lot of audio books, watch videos, all about business. Binge watch, binge, binge watch, you love that, it. Binge right? listen, that's what I do that's too. Right. Um, and I've, I've worked in the last five years with extraordinary business mentors. So really it has been a progressive journey for me for the last 12 months now to be in space of self-leadership, what I call, and performance for women. Okay. But look, things have not always been easy for me. I do kind of now joke that my life has been preparing me to do this whole my life. Yeah. Uh, I have had a lot of adversity in my life from very early age. Yep. So um, I was born and grew up in Poland um, and the family dynamic was difficult. My father had a drinking problem mm. and my mother was really the very healthy female role model in my life. Unfortunately, both of my parents passed away when I was a teenager. Uh, sorry to hear that. Thank you. Now, 
I learned to search for silver linings in my life in any situation. It is, it is, I believe, a skill and a gift that I have. Look, I could experience my, my life on my own terms. So, of course, through series of making horrendous decisions and failing once and once again, <laughs> time after time again, and um, just exploring and learning life and business and career and health, I now share those lessons combining the studies which I've done of behavioral psychology, motivation, even intuitive coaching, hypnotherapy, neurolinguistic programming. And wow, we, you studied a lot. I still do. You've been busy. <laughs> no, I try. Wow, we. <laughs> so feminine leaders is really um, a, a fairly new aspect, what I believe to be in space of leadership and performance. I purely shift leaders' focus from what is going on outside onto gaining internal resources um, to transform not only their, themselves, so yeah. the personal growth, but also their businesses and the workplaces. So we're talking professional growth too. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And obvious question, but why feminine leaders? What about men that want to, that need help? <laughs> so I'll refer you to somebody else. Oh, do. <laughs> Definitely not. Look, I do not say no to male clients. I'm all about diversity and inclusion in all dimensions of this phrase, right? It, it really comes down to, first of all, my upbringing, as I mentioned, having very healthy female role model, but also just watching my mother overcoming so many challenges in her career, in her relationship, and uh, having an, really an opportunity to watch an unhealthy dynamic in a relationship in a very early age. I know that that passion, even unconsciously for so many years, was developing within me. Yeah. Okay. Now, in my career, when I relocated to Australia, I naturally was drawn myself to coaching women, mm -hmm. but also women were drawn to be uh, doing coaching with me. So, okay. Ashley, definitely upbringing and that true passion and purpose to provide women with more resources. Um, and tools to step into their greatness, their power, and achieve their extraordinary performance in career and personal life. But also, uh, just I do believe that naturally we do have certain skills and talents that we are gifted with. Absolutely. And my, I believe, is connection. And I know that a lot of, most of my clients struggle with connection to self and then connection to others. Yep, yep. And that's actually interesting because I would, I would assume that women would be closer, more closely aligned with connection than men would. Correct. But I suppose it's still a gap in terms of, you know, achieving what they really want to achieve in their life. Is that right? Look, feminine and masculine energies are not determined by gender. Mm -hmm. And I know that so many, really so many men do not like to hear that they do have feminine energy within. We all do, feminine and masculine. Yep. Those energies are both great. They have great qualities. They're just opposite and different. The key is to learn where to draw from which energy. I love that. Examples. If I need to get things done in my business yep. and I need to be directional and I need yep. to focus and I need to focus on a single task, get things done. That's male. 
Mm -hmm. That's masculine energy. Yep. Single focused, fixing, yep. very, very directional. Last track mind. <laughs> totally, totally. Yep. No multitasking. Multi right, right, too hard. And the feminine energy is very capable of multitasking. So mm -hmm. flowing from one project to the other, and in the meantime, making a phone call and talking to a friend, right? Yeah. Feminine energy is all about gathering, nurturing, understanding the process, yeah. not as much outcome driven, but also enjoying the process. Yeah. That's why. And being in touch with how it feels along the way, as opposed to just what you're achieving. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's about the enjoyment of the process rather than just the achievement. That's why it is so important for women who want to have prosperous careers and are ambitious to know those differences just as much as men do. So we can really begin closing this ridiculous gap of having such male dominant industries and still have leadership space being male dominant in so many industries. Yep. Yep. Um, look, this is really, that space is changing so much right now. I mean, 10 years ago, we were in a very different space of that, um, you know, women empowerment, but also men understanding and encouraging and knowing where that feminine aspect um, of uh, whether corporate or business, where, where mm -hmm. this is where this is handy, right? Yep. That's why women may make extraordinary business owners and leaders, just like men do. We are all equal. The key Absolutely. is to understand how to use our skills and qualities. So look, I often talk about growing ourselves and expanding vertically which is consciousness and horizontally which is skills and capabilities nice. men and women well and, and you touched on a really good point i mean as you said men and women all have a mix of masculine and feminine energy i was listening to a great podcast the other day that was saying pretty much exactly the same thing and it's about self-awareness as you said it's about people understanding what characteristic they're exuding right now and is that going to be the right one to achieve a particular goal so if we can all be self-aware enough to draw on what we need when that's an incredible superpower that's you know, right. i always say self-awareness is a big superpower but in terms of feminine leaders do you think we have still too few feminine leaders these days or are we really starting to ramp up the numbers we definitely are starting to ramp up the numbers, but it's not going to take us five or 10 years. Mm -hmm. This process has been slowly progressive mm -hmm. and it's just going to take us, number one, education, number two, consistent implementation yep. to make sure that we do have diverse work environments, that we do have women who do pursue their career goals and do pursue their dreams. There's been this... Uh, big report done and I, I believe it was actually published by Forbes as well mm -hmm. how most of men apply for jobs only having met 60% of the criteria where women only apply for their jobs meeting 100% of the criteria wow. and when asked why yeah I'd like to know there was really no reason apart from that men decided to and women didn't feel like they, they were good enough or worthy to so men are just, they're more bold in that way and say that's good enough, whereas women were more cautious and probably analyzing too much and undervaluing themselves and what they bring to the, to the table in the organization. Correct. Wow, that's crazy. 60% versus 100%.
yeah <laughs> would you believe it yep. it's so amazing that i put it on my linkedin profile in my in my about section yep. very good <laughs> <laughs> and so tell us more about your seven steps for self-leadership i'd love to hear more about these seven steps break them down for us <laughs> that's amazing so thank you so much for asking first of all i think it's just healthy that i'll explain what self-leadership is sure. self-leadership is a ultimate state of taking charge for the results that we produce so aiming for exceptional results and i talk about my self-leadership model which is based on three elements the first one is taking responsibility for our decisions, for our actions, and how we feel. Mm -hmm. The second one is discipline. And that is really based on consistency, sustainability, and self-accountability. Nice. And then the third one, which is, once again, not that very common in space of leadership and performance, is emotional intelligence. Yep. So I talk about what we just touched on, becoming a very healthy, consciously aware human being, yeah. having huge awareness of our emotional home and just knowing how to emotionally regulate in changing environment. I like that. Emotionally regulate in changing environments. That's great. That's very powerful. I like that. Yeah, no, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> you can steal that. <laughs> that's okay. I'll give, I'll give you credit for that one. <laughs> But so, so that's three, the three main pillars within your seven step strategy. So yeah, to build on that, I developed seven level self-leadership scale, which is really connected to get it to the self-leadership system. Gotcha. And I purely developed that scale to allow clients to realize that they do have different levels of empowerment mm -hmm. slash stagnation and stuckness. Yep. And this is for clients to realize where they are at. Mm -hmm. So where the seven step self-leadership system comes in is that step number one and two are really connected to self-leadership scale. So the first two levels are really lostness and disempowerment. Okay. This is where we are in space of having an issue, underperforming, feeling frustrated, not knowing why. And we are in a huge space of disempowerment mm -hmm. right uh, rather than searching for solutions we focus on everything that is or isn't happening absolutely yeah right in this step or in these two steps i allow clients to just tell me their story what i call empty out yep. just a vent I, just vent let it out vent and i write it all yeah, so okay. what, I'm, what i'm looking for in there is how the client languages their problems mm -hmm. What is their emotional attachment to certain events in their life? Yep. So I'm really searching for their thinking processes mm -hmm. and their emotional standards. And probably patterns. If you hear the same thing coming up over and over again, you think, uh-uh, there's something there. Correct. And yep. guess what? In usual, I can quickly identify what areas mm -hmm. of the self-leadership model of the three and then three in each three of the mm -hmm. elements. Gotcha. what areas are missing and sometimes i even ask them to rate them from zero to ten right okay. then then moving forward uh, we are going into the space of awareness which is on self-leadership scale level three awareness is really a moment of going oh so that's my truth this mm -hmm. is what is happening 
Awareness provides us with brutal truth often, but also it's a starting point. Okay, if I am, if I know what is going on, I can now move forward. Yeah. From there, we are looking at readiness. Readiness and implementation, which is the next one, also go hand in hand, hand in hand together. An interesting, an interesting note about readiness is that most of us sometimes stay in state of readiness for years or even decades. Absolutely. Is, is that I say to myself, okay, I am ready to move forward. Yep. I know what I have to do. I'll start on Monday. It's time to make the first step. And nobody makes the first step. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I find that a lot as well when I'm talking to people. You know, that's the biggest issue. And, and I find that in myself. And sometimes I have to push myself over that edge and take that first step. And after that, the second and third and fourth and tenth step becomes so easy and you actually enjoy them. But you have to take that first one. Exactly. And the reason why we stay stuck and stagnant in this space for so long, it's because this is where really our two ident ident identities collide. Mm -hmm. The old identity of the person who was in right. action and the new identity who is in the process of forming. Yeah. And I suppose the longer you have been in that pro previous state, the more energy it takes for you to to change, it's it's All an right. enormous mountain to climb. But you but if you do it, it's you never look back. But it's hard work. I mean, that's why I understand a lot of people don't get out of that state. That's right. I couldn't agree more. And this is exactly when we need all the accountability we can get. So I often say to people, self accountability comes later. First, you've got, the, you've got to be accountable to somebody else, whether this is a family member, a you know, business buddy, accountable coach, somebody elite. else, coach, correct. So I've noticed that in terms of the discipline, the discipline is really polished in terms of sustainability, accountability, consistency in, in, that, in that sector between readiness and implementation. Definitely. And finally, uh, level six, we have empowerment, which is really purely a result of seeing certain certain results yeah. of actions that we are implementing. Yeah. And finally, level seven, we have self leadership, which we explained a little bit earlier on. Earlier on, super exciting moment where we are self accountable. We take responsibility. We do not give our power to any external factors, including politics, economic. Economy changes. Yep. Are there people in our lives? Yep. Um, situations, pandemics. Correct. Anything. So there is nothing that happens to us yep. in, in, in this um, consciousness growth level. Wow. And it's amazing because we just continuously execute at a high level. There is not no mediocre actions, not like that, nothing like I'll do it tomorrow or I just don't feel like it. There is a plan of action, we execute and it just flows forward. Gotcha. And so how long did it take you to develop these seven steps? As you say, you've probably been subconsciously develop, developing them all your life, but how long did you actually take to um, consciously say, okay, there they are? So you're going to love this. Look, I, I often say that I was lucky slash privileged that I began my career working in fitness industry. Okay. Fitness industry just teaches you so many elements of your mindset and also knowledge on how to accomplish goals. Mm -hmm. It teaches you that really the results only come when you take action and implement. It teaches you how to get up when you fail. Yep. So yes, it, it has been, a preparation has been definitely an ongoing thing, but 
I am also very intuitive. So when I take my mind off the tasks mm -hmm. and the masculine yep. and I just drop into my feminine and just yep. begin doing what I love doing, yep. and it often happens in the weirdest places, <laughs> like a shower or driving <laughs> or going for a walk, yep. those ideas just flow in. And that's pure connection to, to intuition, pure connection to creativity. Um, oh, 100%. For me, that's in my best times. In my best times when I know I can go for a drive, take a walk, listen to some music, and I know that I'm going to get something that will just come to me. And I do that on purpose when I feel I need to find some information or get some creativity or inspiration. I do that on purpose and I just switch off because I know that something will come because that's when your subconscious mind is activated. Beautiful. I absolutely love it. Love it. Good on you. It just shows how you have trained yourself to be able to be so aware and know what you need in order to progress. Hence your success. There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. So it took you, so it was quite a short period of time for you to actually articulate those seven steps and put them into a process that you start actually coaching and using in your, in your work. The actual seven level self-leadership scale and then self-leadership model, I literally sat down and drew circles on a piece of paper and then I took the pen and I wrote it. And where do you find... Oh God, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Now, where do you find most people um, need the most energy or the most push, as you mentioned? Is it level three to four where you need to help be accountable and help them get over that edge? It really comes down to the fact that at the beginning of our, let's call it personal growth journey, mm -hmm. so when we are quite unaware, we haven't really realized that the energy is always there and that what it is what we need is energy management and that self mastery yep. of energy, emotions, reality, and everything else. Yep. So I would say this and that, I'm going to base it on my personal experience and what I've experienced with clients. Good. We deplete our energy when we are unaware. What this means is that we do not often appreciate our internal resources mm -hmm. or we don't value ourselves enough or we don't have enough self-belief to understand that the energy is always accessible to us. That's right. So, to answer your question, I would say we deplete our energy easily without having an awareness that comes with being then developed and, and being, I'm talking about emo, uh, emotional and consciously, consciousness development. Totally true. And you know what? I would agree. You know, I think that I, like a lot of people I talk to and people that I've just been listening to their stories and all sorts of uh, examples, but a lot of the time success seems to really be just a mindset issue as you mentioned it's not you don't have to study something in particular you don't have to learn a particular skill you don't have to drive the right car you don't have to have the right suit it, it's just a mindset shift but that's the biggest and the most difficult shift to make and I, a lot of people can be stuck forever in the wrong mindset shift and as you say that's really undervaluing or underutilizing the resources that you already have in you, ready to go. And you could be wasting them your whole life. We are all a, pro all a product of our environment. Mm -hmm. And we do not know 
anything different than what we know until we learn something new. That's true. true. And if coaches I, always say, you don't know what you don't know. Bingo. So if I have been living in reality where I undervalue myself, where I believe that other people can, I cannot, that that's just my normal, right? That's why it's then difficult for us. And look, I did that for most of my life. I lived in disempowerment for most of my life mm-hmm. until I realized that it's just a state of mind. Yeah. And I can achieve whatever I want to achieve. And other people can, I can too, because there is no difference in our capabilities. If we have access to resources, yeah. we can. But purely based on this, that we are unaware of our conditioning and how deeply it shapes our identity, this is, it's, it's really that the answer to your question is that it's, it's just hard to shift the mindset when we don't know that the mindset can be shifted. Exactly, or needs to be shifted. Yep, mm. yep, 100%. And I'm, you know, speaking to a lot of coaches on the podcast, I've learned so much about how we can change our neural pathways. And, you know, I never really... I wasn't aware of any of this before I started podcasting. I never really thought about things in those terms. But it just, you know, it, it's almost like it's so simple. But in the old days, we used to say you can change your habit in 21 days or something. The, the science has probably changed that now. It might be a different um, amount of time. But that's all it is. It's just forming a new habit, creating a new neural pathway. And we can all do it. So can I explain to you, because this is next level, super interesting. Can I explain to you what happens in our brain when we want to have it? I actually did research on this to make sure that I got all the facts right for my TED talk that I did recently. And I talked about diversity and inclusion. So I needed to include unconscious bias there too, right? So here's what happened. What happens? Our brain, every second of the day, creates rules for to predict how our reality works yep and, right? to, and to probably to protect us so we don't have to use too much energy analyzing a situation because we, we base it on a situation that's happened before correct so in order to predict how the world works meaning to find meanings and explanations in everything that is going on ar- around us there is a production of noradrenaline, which is increased. And noradrenaline increases fluidity of the brain. Right. So the brain can become more plastic and create new rules and new regulations and understanding. But noradrenaline makes us feel edgy. That's right. That's a stress hormone. That's a fight, a fight flight hormone. Correct. So not knowing the answers to certain questions or not knowing what the outcome is of our goals, not knowing if we can brings edginess towards us. So we move away from that discomfort. It's just, that's how us human beings are are wired. We run away from change because it's painful and it's stressful and it's anxious. But if we, if we walk through it, that's when we get the most benefit. Correct. Oh, I never and, the, and the only the only that's why so many again coaches talk about if you feel discomfort stay in it don't fight it just move forward stay on path but really from neurological point of view your brain is literally just searching for the answers because we must know meanings to our reality I love it and so right? when we're when we're in that state our brain is literally creating new part new neural pathways through that process and so yeah. it's, that's a good thing from that point of view. 
I said that to the client the other day. So next time when you feel edgy because you feel uncertainty, just do a silly face in the mirror. Like, mm. like oh, my brain is just a little bit more plastic. So I'm going to stay here and see, see what vodka I can That's do. Fantastic. I love that. I'm going to remember that. That's me. That's going to be the, the best moment of this podcast. You can just so flip off the face. Because everybody, as soon as we run into a wall, and we feel anxious and stressed about it, we just pull back. It's a natural reaction because our body and our mind wants to protect ourselves. So we have to find a way to go forward. Maybe it's a sidestep or something, but to continue to create new neural pathways. And then, and I found that myself, every time I do, I'm doing something and I realize, oh, that's too hard, I mean, it's stressful. And then a, a week later after I've been doing it, I think that was easy, that was nothing. That was so simple. And what a difference I've made. Look how far I've come. So it's fascinating. Beautiful. I never really thought of it that way, but that's great. Yeah, I'm glad that I could help. And when you really think about it, there are people who completely, you know, get hooked on that sense of uncertainty mm. and adrenaline. And, and adrenaline it, junkies, yeah. Right, and so do it on, on a regular basis to actually get the hit, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, that's why in space of business, performance, leadership, it's really finding comfort knowing that discomfort is okay and it's just a part of the process yeah. that allows people to create sustainable results and not give in and not become sour or become a person who they are not very happy with um, yeah. being so true Love that wow i mean it, it just goes to show you like the more uh, fluid you are in how you live your life to a degree and and how you think about things the better it will serve you in business as well because you're training yourself to create neural pathways everywhere you go. Correct. And, and, and our brain is designed to do so. The mm. whole idea of fluidity in the brain is the learning and growth and development. Yeah. We use this in safe environment when we learn how to play an instrument or when mm. we read a new book or when we have a conversation or in so many in so many ways, but when the environment is safe, we don't really notice that as much, right? So true, so true. Wow, I love it. So now I'd love to hear a story, Ella. Have you got a story about one of your um, clients that you've helped through this seven-step process? And show us from the beginning to the middle ground to the end, and I'd love to hear that journey. Yeah, of course. So look, there's, there's been, an in, there, it has been an interesting journey, definitely. In my era of being in fitness industry, I really focused on helping women change their relationship with their body. So in fitness space, we call it weight loss, reshaping. Yeah. Yeah. But my take has always been creating confidence and self-love. Nice. Rather than giving you just one story, if that's okay, I would love to give you just a couple and so I can paint a picture of how well this model fits in different areas of transformation. Right. I have had clients who began coaching with me mm -hmm. in state of safe self-hatred. Right. Well, not, not even not valuing themselves or not, not even liking themselves, just complete self-hatred. Yeah, to go within a period of a few months to the state of self-love and valuing self 
and just waking up in the morning and loving the person who they are. And these are the moments that are really rewarding because that then has this domino, the ripple effect on other areas of their life. For sure. Right? Now, in space of business, I've had clients closing thousands of dollars in sales from the first two sessions. Wow. Again. Because they thought, they trained themselves to slightly think in a different way and, it, and maybe look at a problem in a different way and find a different solution. Correct. Simply shifting from, I can't, I haven't yet, mm. then going, oh. How you, can I? How, how can I not? Like, it, yeah. it's just numbers game, right? Yeah. And I have had clients, that's really interesting. I have had clients, and that's not just in the last 12 months, but I have had clients who really managed to either completely dissolve or reduce the effects of certain chronic conditions like anxiety, PTSD, et cetera, et cetera, even chronic pain, which is wow. super interesting. Yep. Wow, I've, I've spoken to someone about that as well on the podcast that deals with chronic pain and, how, and the link between the mind and the body with regards to chronic pain. What happens is with chronic pain and any other problems that we are facing, when we focus on the problem, which is so easy, we focus on the problem and the problem is present in the nervous system. That's why I moved away from trying to fix people's problems Mm -hmm. when they came to me to fix their problem. And I focused on creation, creating new neural pathways, creating new reality, creating new identity, creating new habits, creating new lifestyles, creating new choices. Yep. And then suddenly that new person doesn't have, the same pre-existing conditions that they had. They actually are the same person and they have the same body. They just have a different relationship with their body. That's right. And a different relationship with their mind. Uh-huh. Fantastic. And do you find, is it, how common is it that people regress after a certain point of time? Do you have to keep coaching them regularly to make sure they don't? Or how, what's your take on that? Love it. Love the question. And I'm so glad that you asked because I feel I do not talk about it often enough for to really spread the message in a very strong way. Mm-hmm. When I began running my online coaching business, I only ran short-term programs. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought, oh my gosh, because the feedback was incredible. Six weeks or eight weeks program. We're pumped. Let's take on the world. Let's, we're going to kill it. Great. And, you know, just like how it happens in business, some of these women would stay for another six, eight weeks, but some of them wouldn't. And those women who continuously stayed coaching with me ongoingly continued progressing, continued achieving great results. But those women who didn't, the reality is that they struggled to be self-accountable, struggled with creating sustainable results. And lastly, as soon as something significant happened in their life, and things happen, right? Loss, illness, high stress, yep. change of jobs, COVID, <laughs> whatever, whatever else happens. In those kinds of high stress, that's right. In high stress, we regress to our old identity because it's safe. It's comfortable. The brain knows it. That's right. And we've been, because it's been part of us for so many years, and the new identity has only been short term with us, so we easily regressed to that old personality. That's right. That's why this year I decided to glue and merge my shorter programs together. And I now only coach women for six months plus. So it's a minimum of six 
And do you have people that have been with you for five, 10 years? In personal training space, I've had clients until last year when I found out I was pregnant and uh, that I was no longer going to, to do personal training. Mm. Some of those clients who are now great friends, they were with me for seven years. Yeah, amazing. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense to me. It's like maybe, you know, depending on how, how long we've lived in a particular state or lived with a particular state or personality, that the longer we stay with a coach, that allows us to really cement that new way of thinking and way of living forever. But it has to be, what's the word? I think in science they use it has to be locked in or embedded in. That's right. And it was really also surprising to me how the fact that we took our businesses online and my coaching business now fully became this, which is video yeah. video and, and phone calls, so video and auditory, how the same level of closeness was developed between myself and the clients and the clients who have been coaching with me purely online are still getting the same level of results and are still loving it and are still feeling the connection. And that's the most important part the connection. And that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you, how, how have you felt that things have changed the more online you've been working? What are the pros and and cons of that? Anything you want to talk to us about? That'd be fascinating. Totally. Yeah, totally. For, I know that for so many of us, and I want to be very careful when I talk about it because this year has taken many people's lives, right? Mm -hmm. COVID has been very, very challenging to people. People have loved their family members. They have lost jobs. They have, um, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty in our Mm -hmm. society. A lot of stress, tough, really tough times. However, for myself it was if it had to happen it was great for me that it happened in 2020 um, my son was born in march so literally a few weeks before the lockdown thank you and i know that in the past i would be just putting so much pressure on myself trying to get from one place to the other when do i get back to work yep. and with him i never really stopped coaching yeah yeah so between my husband and I and our family and friends who are helping me, of course, to look after my son. So he's not with us right now, <laughs> which is great. All I can say is your son, you know, listening to you all day long, he must be a superman already. His he's neural pathways are so fluid. He's like on fire. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hopefully. Start them early, right? Right, yeah. So, so for me, it was great because as I said, I just... I was doing coaching until I went in, in, in labor and I did coaching pretty much from week one. So that was amazing. Look, and I do know that pregnancy it was a gift, but it also, at the end, it presented certain challenges in terms of body mechanics, right? So it was, it was an amazing change for me. It was also lucky because suddenly online coaching, and I'm not talking, talking about automation, but having an coaching through um, virtual means yes yes it became an avenue an opportunity for people because when people couldn't see their usual practitioners Mm -hmm. acupuncturists therapists counselors massage therapists i mean we all need the sense of love and belonging and support fine and luckily we had that opportunity so my business in the first few months of covid it really grew wow 
with, with a small and, and as well, you're lot. able to tap into all these global clients that you might never have had access to or never had a way of working with. I always, I always say that I don't think I would, I would speak at all these global events that I spoke at at the last few months. That's right. I, 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 this is pretty funny representing Australia, <laughs> but it's, I don't think that this would happen so quickly in my business if it wasn't for the fact that this beautiful event organizers out there decided to still persist yes. and run their events online. Yep. Now, disadvantages, I do love being with people. I yes. do love being face to face. I Last year, I launched my own network called Unstoppable Women's Network here in Sydney. Nice. And we were running monthly face-to-face -face events designed for women from all walks of life, of life. Women from diverse backgrounds to just find space of inspiration, motivation. We had great guest speakers, experts in various fields to come in and do talks and um, give away gifts. So that was great. And I definitely just miss that. I miss human connection. Mm, mm. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. I mean, I'm the, same. I'm the same. I'm always doing a lot of stuff this way. But when I get a chance to go out and meet some people face to face, maybe at a network meeting, it's a whole new level of energy. That's right. It drives me. I thrive on that. Yeah, same, same. Well, here are two extroverts probably talking Absolutely. to each other. <laughs> well, that's sensational, Ella. So tell us more about how you actually work with people. Is there a structure to how you um, onboard a new client or how you discover whether a new client is going to be a good fit for you, et cetera, et cetera? That's right. Social media may, makes it very easy for us to really have very easy pathway of selection. So clients come i'm sure you find it the same way clients come to us already having stopped us on social media so unusual right. you don't need a business card anymore you you people have got way more than your business card before they even meet you that's right however i always take clients through a complimentary what i call self leadership accelerator consultation to really see if this is a right fit mm -hmm. for both of us I only take on clients who align with my values, clients who are ready to be coached, clients who are open to take on feedback. Good. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. How, do you. how do you test that? You test that on the session by providing them feedback. All oh, right. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you see how they react. I like that. That's cool. Correct. So what I definitely, what is not coachable is a certain approach. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. or... Miss, Mrs. or Mr. I know it all. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But this, you know, these are not set definite no's, mm -hmm. but when I check on that factor and it, it just is, and there is no openness to coaching, then there is no point. I won't be able to help them and okay. it's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, and I definitely um, work only with women who are fully ready to be dedicated and indulge themselves in the program because it is work sure. it's not it's not casual it's not sometimes it's not maybe i'll do the work maybe not you've got to do do the work because our clients and their results are our business card and are your sessions always with you face to face via zoom or are they pre-recorded as well a combination of both no it's always it's one-on-one -on -one with you or it's, in a group session correct 
So there is component, I do pre-record certain videos of my old programs that is there accessible, but um, it's not really a a major component of of a coaching program. It's it's all mentoring. It's got to be done. They've got to show up. They've got to do the work. And if they don't do the homework, they've got to explain why. You hold them accountable. And that's, you know, that's what's good. I mean, that's the whole point. I know myself, uh, my greatest mentors in my life I've had were those mentors who were a little bit hard on sometimes yeah. on lack of results and that that drives people responsibility drives people and if we are not ready to take on that responsibility then we're, we're not moving forward we're stuck in the same place yeah, so true there's a, there's a great saying um what is it when the student is ready the teacher will appear that's i love right. that saying it's such a cool saying but it's so true that's right uh, isn't it by it's it's buddhist saying I think so it? i think it is yeah i think it is a buddhist saying when the yeah. student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so in your discovery session, you almost assess whether the student is ready. Well, we, we have to. And I also need to, for myself, I need to find out exactly what their problems are. So mm-hmm. usually in the first session, I have a pretty good idea of what is really underlying problem. Um, whether this is more in the space of their career or they do... Uh, wants to focus on their personal performance. Either way, in the first session, I already have a good idea of what is going on, underlyingly, subconsciously. So sometimes I do not straight away deliver that message yeah. because sometimes it does require a certain level of growth for the person to understand what this means. However, for myself, it, it's definitely it's a discovery session that goes both ways. I love it. I love and, it. and look, if it's not a good fit, I still give clients. Uh, great tips on what they can do to implement or what they can do to move forward or I refer them to someone who I believe is more suitable. Yeah, or things they can think about maybe before they, you know, move forward in, in a particular direction. Correct. And, and they might come back to you in a month and say, oh, I'm ready now. Or not. They might yeah. order my coach with a good friend of mine. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Ella, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've learned so much and Congratulations on uh, the birth of your son, yes? Thank you, yes. And tell us a bit about how we can actually find you and work with you. What, what, what are your links? And of course, we're going to put all that in the show notes for everybody as well. Yeah, amazing. Look, the easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I know the, the name spelling is challenging, so we'll put the links everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll also share with your listeners a link, direct link to my calendar. So... Uh, everybody is more than welcome to book in their self-leadership accelerator session. As I said, it's a it's my gift to your listeners. It's non-commitment discovery session to figure out if it's the right fit. Awesome. And before you go, tell us a bit about your TED Talk because I'm going to put a link to that as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it was a virtual event. A virtual TED Talk, was it? It was a virtual TED Talk. Wow. So it was organized by... A um, an amazing, incredible man, Gary Doherty, mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland, in his hometown, Derry, London, Derry. Wow! It was women's TEDx event. Nice. I was very privileged to be to be surrounded by women and the gravity of their stories. We talked about anything from once again, difficulty in upbringing through the journey through IVF, um, hardship of motherhood and business and how we juggle that. We talked about 
diversity and inclusion. Nice. <laughs> it was a very empowering event. I mean, I was really brought to tears by every single talk. So I cannot wait for the talks to be properly edited and approved by TED as platform. Wow. Probably another week and they will be publicly uh, posted on TED platform. So we can't, we can't actually see them yet. Not, not just maybe, yet. Not produced yet. Right. That's right. So the event was live streamed right. at the time, but TED, as, as we know, there are a lot of policies and regulations that um, us as speakers, but also organizers need to meet. Yep. We're talking from um, them cross-checking the information that we provide through to the name of the talk. Yep. It's interesting because if Ted doesn't like the name of our talk, they will rename it better. <laughs> well, is that right? Okay. Yeah, but it's just a matter of, of a couple of weeks and it's just out there, uh, blasted to 27 million of people. Which and is how, how long did you speak for? 12 minutes. 12 minutes. So everybody had 12 minutes and you did this one, one after another in a live streamed event. That's right. In, so... Oh, the locals, there were a few women who live live in Northern Ireland, so they were there standing on the red dot oh, and no, for us. Cool. <laughs> Just on the background. <laughs> background, but what an experience. I, yeah. Wow. It was a dream come true. I've, uh, it's been a dream of mine for a long time now. And I mean, I've always envisioned that I would be standing on a stage, but hey. How amazing. <laughs> the world is changing. Wow, I'm I'm honoured to be in the presence of a TEDx speaker, or TED speaker, not even a TEDx speaker, a TED speaker. Oh, stop! <laughs> but, but what we'll do, make sure you give us the link. So in a week, when it's ready, I'll put it in the show notes. So everybody that's watching and listening here, feel free to come back in a week, check it out, and you'll find the link back to Ella's TED talk in uh, overseas in Ireland, which will be sensational. Thank you so much. I would really appreciate that. Um, the the talk can definitely help those people who have experienced adversity in their life and possibly haven't managed to make peace with it. Mm -hmm. And the talk is really great also for those people who are wanting to find out more about what we talked about today, which is where our beliefs come from and what do we really need in order to move forward in our society and have inclusive and diverse society where we all live in peace. Beautiful. What a beautiful message to finish off with. Now, Ella, um, anything you want to leave us with at the end? Of the, I pretty much covered everything. Um, I'll put all the show notes, all the links to everything in the show notes. And in a week's time, we'll put the link to your TED Talk. And once again, I just wanted to say thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've certainly enjoyed myself. I've learned a lot. And I'm sure the audience has as well. So uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I am beyond grateful. It's been great talking to you, Darren, as always. And thank you so much for also sharing um, the links with your listeners. I cannot wait to connect with any of them. And if anybody has any questions about what we talked about today, Beautiful. please connect with I'm going to say both of us and so we can just help each other grow together. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, everybody out there, there you have it, Ella Staniak. And we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspender Nation podcast. Bye for now.